0: Section 9 of Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Andrea Weinman. Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2. By Father Louis de Segur to those who suffer everyone has trouble upon earth rich and poor young and old great and small none are exempt from the sad necessity of suffering to suffer is our condition in this world it is the state in which you and i and our forefathers have been born in which our children shall be born and from which no human effort can deliver us forever and ever and ever There will be here below sickness and trouble and grief. There will be forever widows and orphans. There will be forever sorrowful mothers weeping over an empty cradle. Life, since sin entered into the world, seems to be one long sorrow. The sorrow may be softened, but it can never be taken away. Since this is a truth, and who can deny it? It is very useful to fix our minds upon those considerations which may help to lighten our troubles and to render them, if not sweet, at least profitable. The first of these truths, which religion teaches us and which the simplest reasoning will confirm, is that nothing happens to us here below except by the holy will or the express permission of God, and this is equally true of the evil as of the good. God is the Lord of the whole earth. He is the sole and sovereign ruler of the world. He governs all things, he knows all things, and not even a hair of our head, as he himself assures us in the Holy Gospel, can fall without his will. Not a blade of grass springs up in the field, not a single leaf falls in the forests, not a grain of sand stirs upon the earth, nor a single drop of water in the immensity of the ocean, in storm and in tempest, but the all-powerful God knows it, wills it, And commands it if it is thus of the inanimate creation what must it be for us the special object of his love our impatience and our murmurs come from our want of faith our gaze being ever rooted to the earth we never lift our hearts on high wholly attentive to the secondary causes of our troubles to those events which afflict us to the little world around us we fail to mount as high as heaven and see manifest in all things the perfect will of God. We act like animals which bite the stick and not the hand which strikes them. In thus afflicting us, God, far from being cruel to us, shows us often the greatest mercy, for afflictions are most useful to our soul and, generally, God sends them only for our greater good. We constantly deceive ourselves in our judgment of things, We look at everything from a point of view which is false, because it is not Christian, and all things appear to us in the wrong light. That which is in reality good we call evil, and that which is in reality evil we call good. What is this life, and how can it be defined if it is not a preparation for our true life, which is the life eternal? We are not placed on earth simply for our own pleasure and amusement, just to eat, to drink, to sleep, and to follow in all things our own inclinations? We are here to merit, by a faithful fulfillment of the laws of our Creator, the infinite happiness of heaven to which his goodness destines us, and which, for this reason, can alone satisfy our desires. Therefore, all that brings us nearer to this end must be good and useful." All that prepares for us a greater happiness hereafter must be wholly desirable. And, on the other hand, all that tends to diminish the happiness of the life to come must be dangerous and evil, and still more dangerous and evil all that may deprive us of that life forever. There is the reality, there is the truth, the rest is nothing but illusion. By this light, the only true light, everything must be judged." "...hence it is easy to understand that that which is good in the eyes of the world, pleasure, gaiety, the abundance of all that can gratify the senses and flatter the pride, being but obstacles to the eternal life which Jesus Christ came to merit for us, are, therefore, inevitable evils, or at least are fraught with danger. And this is why our Lord has cursed them in the Holy Gospel." On the contrary... Privation, suffering, poverty, humiliation, all that the world calls evil, is unquestionably a great good, since it draws us nearer God, recalls to us our eternal hopes, and detaches us from every obstacle to our salvation, to our true happiness. And this is also why our Lord repeats so often, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that weep blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted behold the promise of perfect happiness but it can only be realized in heaven on earth happiness is the consolation of hope and of a peaceful patient waiting for the joy that is to come therefore lest our hope should be in vain let us choose the road which leads to paradise otherwise this hope will prove a vain chimera and we may take in its stead the appalling conviction that misery shall be our endless portion. This road of salvation is the Christian life, is flight from sin and hatred of it, the love of Jesus, prayer, the frequentation of the sacraments of penance and the Holy Eucharist, all destined by divine goodness to enable us to advance and to persevere in the right way. Let us be wise and not abuse the life which God has given, It is a precious treasure, and he lends it only once. Woe to him who misuses it! Let us be willing to make any sacrifice. Let us profit by all our sufferings and sorrows. Soon will come the gladness of a perfect repose, and soon the moment of eternal consolation. Blessed are the clean of heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after justice, for they shall have their fill. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. End of section 9